We look back at the darkest chapter of human history. We mourn, we remember, we pray, and we pledge never again. I say it, never again. The mind cannot fathom the pain, the horror, and the loss. Six million Jews, two-thirds of oh, the Jews in now? Europe, murdered by the oh, Nazi sorry. genocide. Non-white immigration is about disarming whites politically. Gun control is about disarming whites physically. Censorship is about keeping whites confused and uninformed while the previous two get done. If you're an ethnic European, you had better be prepared for the greatest act of treachery that this world has ever witnessed, conducted by a hostile liberal elite and managed by a cabal of foreign globalist agents. They are not going to stop until every last white man is eradicated either through misogyny or by butchery. So, lawfully arm yourself, network, conserve, and remain fit. And when that hot wind finally rises up from out of the waste, greet it with a stone-like glare and advance towards the enemy's lines in good order. White America, wake the fuck up. White America, wake the fuck up. Welcome to episode number 203 of the Sane Asylum. This is based Monday Sane Asylum, and we must always remember we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. 
because the beauty of the white Aryan woman must not perish from the earth. All right, we got the full band together today. My two co-hosts on Based Monday, the legendary, formerly known as Paul from California, now Northern Nevada Paul, and Davis Lerman, uh, based up somewhere in the Delmarva area. Welcome, fellas, and uh, let's start with Paul. Paul, what's on your mind? <coughs> well, once again, another stellar introduction by yourself. All credit due to you and the time you put in to compose these things. Thank you very much. When uh, RBN was a station worth listening to, uh, when I was <laughs> when I was on there, actually, uh, one of the few times it was, I used to say that, and I added my own, um, I used to say the 14 words and added my own, a couple of different mixtures, but it would be like this. We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children, and we make no goddamn apologies about it, and we better get going. It's like twenty-seven well, or oh, that's even better, man. Twenty-seven that's or twenty-eight better. words there. Awesome. Welcome, Davis Lerman. It's great that you could join us. Uh, what's on your mind today? Hey, buddies. <clears throat> yes, I'm going to do my best to uh, hop in whenever possible on Mondays. So, if I there's see. ever some Monday when you know you've made the promise and I don't show, just know that. Uh, I would have loved to have been here, but today I'm here, so let's go ahead and enjoy ourselves. Right. Hey, Davis, real quick. So you yep. remember the the ooga booga and the, the screaming uh, chimp sound effects that we did that one time on the podcast? You bring, bring those along because we may need to use those on occasion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's the racism. There's the racism. There's the racism. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, Giuseppe, I sent you that little YouTube short of, uh, you know, one of the many places I guess they're dropping off these blacks from Africa that absolutely don't belong here and don't understand where in the world they are is Georgia. And you saw the, as I pointed out, the face and the head of, I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're hominids. That's, they're really, that's all you can say about them. They're completely uh, without any, uh, shall we say, uh, function, use, or purpose in any advanced society, and certainly not here. And you know it ain't going to be long before they be stealing and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt, absolutely. And uh, did you send that? We could play it. Did you send it on... Uh, text or I'm looking through the mail listing of your, your emails. Maybe it's a, it's on your it's on your text thread. You commented on upon it. You actually just had a one word comment. You said subhuman. Hmm. Okay, okay. So uh, uh, I can what I could do, I guess, is email that to me and then I can play it. I'll need a minute or two. But oh, okay. here's yep. one that you brought up uh, earlier. Uh, you sent Paul that I could play now, which is. Uh, uh, I never heard of this fella, uh, Tom, Tommy Sotomayor. Really? But evidently, he's pretty, pretty uh, well known. And uh, let's uh, let's play this clip because you know, as much as uh, we champion our people, I have to say that if you judge every uh, breed of human, you know, and the joke that uh, the kike joke that all humans are the same. We're just we're animals, just like dogs. We have different breeds. There's the black breed, the African breed. There's the Chinese breed. There's the uh, Middle Eastern breed. There, you know, and just like uh, we're not all the same. That's the biggest lie the kikes promulgate, in my opinion. What are your thoughts while I get this clip set up? 
Well, sure. I mean, this was not even uh, debatable uh, 50 years ago, certainly not 75 or 100 years ago when white Western man was quite clear on his thinking and uh, wrote uh, accordingly and spoke accordingly and thought uh, accordingly. But nowadays, uh, as you know, we've been taken over by this mind virus and you know, people yeah. people think it's just oh, you know, it's it's the skin, it's a skin color. So this is basically this brown, and there's black, and of course there's you know white, and everybody else is the same inside. We all, as one fag or another, has said on different networks, including RBN. Oh well, we all bleed red inside. Fuck you. Well, so do so does the uh, the 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 bull mastiff and the chihuahua. They both bleed red. So does every brand of bear. It's 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 moronic. It's Actually, so I would rather stupid. serve in the military with uh, chihuahuas and brown bears. I, I would trust them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it's certainly be of more use. You know, that well, anyway, this gentleman you're about to off. play, Tommy Sotomar, was very well known. I used to follow him starting back, I don't know, 2015, 16 in there, 17 for sure. But he was uh, he was deplatform for a while. In fact, he's I'm not sure where he is right now in general. I'm, you could probably find it by looking, but um, he was regular on YouTube for quite a while. And then, uh, you know, he uh, and I'm surprised because they still let if you've seen the, the Hodge twins. Now they go by the conservative twins sure, and they right. drop. They drop the N-bomb all the time in their little videos, but I can't use it in the comments. Every time I, I do, I can sometimes get away with Negro or Negroid, but I cannot do <laughs> nigga with an A or nigger with an E-R in comments on YouTube because they immediately ban me. Wow. Wow. I mean, that that's certainly fair and just and the, the, the public square of the digital age, right? Everybody gets their... What a joke, yeah. But yet, if you tune in any uh, black music or any black interview, my nigga, 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 you know, I mean, it's such a, a double standard. It's sickening. But hey, let's check out this fella, Tom, Tommy Sotomayor. Here we go. These young boys are acting just like the black women that bore them. See, if you talk to a black woman right now, no matter what she does, it's not wrong. So you watch these dudes sit up here and they have no remorse for what they're doing. And then you wonder why people shoot them. Well, let me point something out. People didn't like what I said in the knockout game video. When I said, if you see these little niggas coming at you, you should probably shoot them. Well, if this woman had a gun and she had followed my advice, we'd have one less nigga to worry about instead of another violent nigga that's on the street. Now, of course, Barack Obama likes to tell you we need to ban guns. Well, let me put this out to Barack Obama and help him out. You could stop more crime, Barack Obama, if you just ban niggas. You can keep the guns. <laughs> just ban niggas. Now, I understand what you're thinking. He's black. How can he say that? I understand that the world might not even know the difference between blacks and niggas. And at this point, I'm willing to take the sacrifice. I'm willing to say that if they just decided to just find out all the jackasses who were raised by these jackass bitches who give them jackass names because they were born with jackass names if you don't know who your motherfucking baby daddy is that's not your motherfucking man you brought that kid into the world and you already didn't have no money you brought that kid into the world when he said he don't want it you a bitch 
You bring that kid into the world anyway just because you got pregnant because it's a biological function, even though motherfuckers go through all that damn Roe versus Wade to give you all these damn options to stop that shit. You don't even ask the dude, do you want to be a father? You get to make a nigga be a father and then you produce these motherfucking kids that are being sponsored by the government? Yeah. Banning niggas would probably solve 80% of the crime in America. Barack Obama. Since you want to ban guns, which can't work without somebody using them, you could ban niggas who actually have free thought and actually go around ruining everyone's life. Right now, I'm dealing with a group of niggers who fuck with me all day, but they don't stop any crime in their neighborhood. They don't stop any slappings like this, rapings like this, killings like this. They can't get together online to even help educate children. But they can get together online to try and fuck with me to try and destroy everything I built without them for years, 20 years, 15 years. None of you motherfuckers gave a shit about me. People I knew, people was in my family, didn't give a shit. Whatever was going on, you didn't have a you didn't have a signboard saying you need to do that right. Now, all of a sudden, when a nigga has gotten his life together, motherfuckers show up to destroy it. Same damn thing you have here. Niggas show up to fuck shit up. That's all niggas do. They don't build anything. That's why you can't look around and why they got to go back, harken back to the, we built this country. The only reason you black motherfuckers were able to build a country is because you were enslaved by white people. Had white people given you the fucking freedom and walked off the land, America would look like crap. America wouldn't even be America. It'd be taken over by somebody else. That's a fact. You need a damn slave master to get the majority of niggas to do what they supposed to damn do. If you don't have slave masters or police or something like that, niggas is going to fuck it up. Look at every damn country on the planet. Niggas fuck it up. Wow, that's pretty powerful, man. So uh, what are your guys' takes, Paul and Davis? Well, uh, you know, as they say, sing it, sister. Uh he, he he'd make a great uh, vice presidential candidate, which did you think? You know, he could balance he could balance out the Trump ticket. You know, so people right. uh, he would he would take all the heat of being accused of, uh, of of racism. Now I remember a story he told one time years ago, um, where uh, you know he moved to a, a nice neighborhood, a white neighborhood. He started to you know move up in the world, so he bought a bought a home, and uh, so. Uh, one day, uh, you know, somebody, a neighbor knocked on his door. Now, you know, he doesn't know this person. So he tells the story. He says, I, I'm saying to myself, what the hell? Who's, who the hell is this? Why are you knocking on my door? Right. And it was one of the neighbors told him that, well, listen, you know, got some packages delivered while you were gone. So we just wanted to, you know, keep them safe for you. You know, here they are. And he, <laughs> he talked about how he was, blow, he was blown away by that, about like white people. You know, he says, he goes, if, if this was in the hood, I would have never seen them packages. Nothing would have. <laughs> <laughs> no. And he, he's told many stories about that. So he's one of these black people. He, he knows uh, and appreciates white people. And he knows the difference between the races. And uh, like I said, he's, he's been around for years. Oh, yeah. Uh, Davis, your thoughts? A nigger. That's what the kids are calling him. I think it's swell. Hey, you can't use that word. It's racist. They can call themselves that, but we can't. Yeah, actually, the Tony, uh, the uh, yeah, the Sotomayor there, a Tommy Sotomayor clip I remember best is the one where he was going wild about all the blacks being forced reeducated by rabbis. 
if you remember, this was a trend when, uh, you know, some of the blacks were like supporting um, the buck breaking documentary and all this kind of stuff. Uh, someone making allusions to, you know, the, uh, uh, the nation of Islam book about the secret relationship between blacks and Jews. And then suddenly Jews go into, you know, re-education mode. And I do recall, uh, that being some of the best uh, stuff, I mean, he was he was going wild and justifiably so. Not that I'm I'm not a huge uh, Tommy Sotomayor fan. I think it'd be terrible to have him in in any form of office, despite <laughs> him, only because it only because it normalizes things. You notice what he says is like, "Hey, Obama!" Like I don't know how old this thing is. Maybe he's in Chicago now. Or maybe this is from when Obama was president. Yeah. Years no. ago. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Well, either way, though, see, this is the problem: is it normalizes. You could have Tony. You could have Tommy Sotomayor as vice president, and I think we all know that none of the people they put up front run anything. So it would only make a matter worse because then, then you have all every form of Negro would be running around thinking like, yeah, I could be vice president. We don't need that, boy. I'll tell you what. You can be vice president in Africa, so why don't you go fuck off over there? Um, we do not need that. We. This is one of the... He was he was uh, speaking back to the hypothetical rabbis. Fuck you and your rabbi. Yeah, that was some pretty good stuff. And then he, he tried to explain to the rabbi... I'm a grown-ass nigga. And then this is really... He was talking about Jews and power at one point, which was really the best clip. Yeah, he did. He did you have. Have, have. Oh, go ahead. You can play clips. Who's telling you how bad whites are? But whites don't have as much power as Jews. Let him go. Yeah. So, uh, and then he would get. He would kind of peek at some of his yelling. Then he gets serious about the power differential and who who we should really recognize as having privilege. And then, of course, he'd get angry again, and, and he'd, you know... Listen to this motherfucking locks and bagel-eating-ass nigga! <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty upset about having to listen to all these... Motherfucking rabbis! Yeah, and then he would he would do even the old-school, like, shuck-and-jive thing where he would try to make whoever's listening understand that you're being a bitch-made-ass nigga by rabbis. White people can't do this to you. Sorry, boss. Sorry, boss. Yeah. So this was uh, that's a clip we've got to review sometime because it was like 100 percent comedy gold while also containing like huge, you know, nuggets of truth. Yeah, I actually remember seeing that clip. He, I, I believe at the time he was in a staying in a hotel doing that. Yeah. But yeah, there was an there was an arc to his awakening to the JQ, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, he I'm sure it contributed to his uh you know, having some issues and, you know, being quote deep platform, but yeah, he, he just, was, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say he was, he was very successful. I remember, you know, catching, catching him fairly early on in the, you know, when the inner, the wild, wild west of the, of the great internet during, during the day. Right. And uh, yeah, he, there was a progression and he did become, I'm sure because many people contacted him, you know, and said, Hey, listen, you know, you got to check this out and, you know, being a, an open-minded and intelligent version of an American black, I'm, I'm certain that he did because uh, he started to say the things that, uh, as you just played. So very well, and very uh, glad you came prepared to class today, Davis. Yeah, that's that great. was really well done, Davis. Uh, you <laughs> clearly, uh, for those listeners who don't know about Davis or viewers, Davis is a former terrestrial radio professional. So he is he is smooth as silk. That was really done, well done, Davis. Oh, there's one more I forgot. Actually, when this was probably maybe he's not so smooth. Things. Yeah, I'm not so smooth. The one thing I remember was he was. 
shocked and trying to present to everyone else how shocking it is that while Jews are trying to school everyone on the sensitivity to Jews, they Jews would try to distract people from mentioning how good they are with money. They would they would sometimes deny it even. And Tommy Sotomayor even discussed like visiting a Hollywood type of museum that negated any mention of Jews. And he's like, this makes no sense. Why would anyone not be uh, bragging about being good with money? And he said, that makes no fucking sense. Right. He couldn't get over it. And you can understand how to a sort of less sophisticated, just awakening Negro might be like, wait a second. You know, these Jews are good at running shit. Why aren't they saying it? Well, they do say it. That's the Jews trick. They say everything. And so they say nothing. They take every side of an issue so they can always have the hand on the steering wheel. This is the great trick. This is why they must be completely excluded from all discussions having anything to do with white future. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The most insidious aspect is they literally, you know, um, have so inbred, so genetically, uh, not just, you know, culturally with the Babylonian uh, Talmudic child sacrificing uh, heinousness, but now they've been inbreeding for so many generations that it's it's at the cellular level, it's at the DNA level. They're not human anymore. They're just like uh, literal violent NPC characters in this reality, and they just don't belong here amongst real whites. Even though they're like chameleons, they look white, and they can breed with whites. They are not white. Yeah. yeah, and once you once you notice the difference, you can never you can never unnotice it. Once you've seen a series of Jewish faces, yep. right, and then you start comparing them to normal European faces, it's like, oh yeah, now I mean, and of course, all your life when you grow up, right? I mean, you just you just assume, oh, you know, you're, it's your neighbor, it's the kid at school, it's the person you work with in there, but no, it's it's a difference. And as your guest pointed out uh, the other show, Alex Linder, about this uh, actually uh, this actual real you know, genetic research, okay, scientifically done, you know, and this is the kind of thing that should be known and talked about, but uh, but it's not. So, yeah, I think we can dispense with the, the Jewish conservatives and the ones that claim they take our side. It's like, okay, you can take our, our side and be conservative on the other side of the ocean somewhere. There you go. Well, you know, the biggest story that's popping, I don't know if it's real or if it's kabuki theater, is this uh, Texas, I just read this morning, uh, they're bringing Abrams battle tanks to the border now uh, via the National Guard. And um, so let's watch, you know, uh, Ernie Rolando is is based, man. And the fact that Rents has picked him up and is is, uh, showing his videos regularly. So let's watch a few minutes and then we'll discuss, is it real or is it... uh, Kabuki theater on the Texas border right now, but let's watch this a little bit. White majority of America. The United States of America is under attack and the Biden regime is actively aiding the attackers. This is an urgent and existential crisis. How, why, and when did America's borders collapse and who is behind it? The federal government has an obligation to the people of the United States to protect its borders and to protect the people from invasion, occupation, and the replacement of the American people. This is not happening. 
happening. It is an act of war against America by invaders. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution guarantees that the federal government shall protect each state against invasion. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 acknowledges the states have a sovereign right to protect their borders. The failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4 has triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which reserves to the states the right of self-defense to stop the invaders. The Biden administration has said Israel has a right to self-defense because Israel's borders were violated and invaded. Indeed, America has rushed to defend Israel's borders, yet the Biden regime says that Texas has no right to self-defense, and Texas must allow the invasion and even work for the invaders. To almost all federal lawmakers, politicians, bureaucrats hold that Israel has a right to exist and self-defense on stolen land, but America doesn't. Israel has a right to build walls, but America doesn't. Whose interests do America's open borders serve? Israel has a right to defend itself. Israel has the right, indeed the obligation, to defend itself. Is the government of America serving the people of America or someone else who has captured the American government? In this commentary, we make the case it's the latter. America has a captured treasonous Zionist government. The American government, whether in the hands of Democrats or Republicans, serves Jewish interests in Israel. How do we know this for certain? Because all presidents of the last 76 years since Israel was founded, including Trump and Biden, hold that Israel has a right to self-defense, yet American states no longer have that right, despite the Constitution clearly giving them that right. The federal government has broken the constitutional compact between the United States and the states. It was this that caused the Civil War and cost 750,000 American lives. The American Civil War was about states' rights and not about slavery. Get that in your head. We have to ask, is America on the verge of another civil war? This time over open borders and population replacement? The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states and including immigration laws passed by the Congress, President Biden has refused to uphold and enforce those laws. All right, we get the message and, and salute to Ernie Rolando. You know what's amazing to me, Paul and then Davis, is that we are witnessing the goddamn Kudenhov Kalergi plan being implemented on steroids or in the express lane with pedal in the metal, however you want to use the metaphor and it's so absurd that the average normie the average sheeple oh uh, they're refugees no they're not they're an invading force the jew has has laid it out over a century ago what they want to do and they're doing it and it disgusts me and it sickens me that whites are so stupid to go along with it so paul go ahead i, I sense a rant well i'll tell you what i'll substitute my rant for a direct quote from one of the greatest men who ever lived and uh this was uh nearly 100 years ago now 1925 couldn't be said any more clearly here we go with every means he tries to destroy the racial foundations of the people he has set out to subjugate just as he himself systematically ruins women and girls he does not shrink from pulling down the blood barriers for all, even on a large scale. It was and is the Jews who bring the Negroes into the Rhineland, always with the same secret thought and clear aim of ruining the hated white race by the necessarily resulting bastardization, throwing it down from its cultural and political height 
and himself, the Jew, rising to be its master. For a racially pure people which is conscious of its blood can never be enslaved by the Jew. In this world he will forever be master over bastards and bastards alone. It is he who systematically tries to lower the racial level by continuously poisoning of the individuals. So there you go. The man said it himself, and uh, it should be burned and in, 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 in stone and put on placards all over the uh, country. Wow, that's awesome. That's from- so, uh, Davis, your thoughts on the, is it Kabuki Theater? What's going on at the border? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know, unless you've seen, uh, I've not seen any evidence of this, but I've not looked. So, again, if there are tanks there, um, to say nothing of the fact that it, it could, of course, be fake video unless it's confirmed on the ground. But um, even if they're real, of course, we know that these tanks would be there as some sort of a show to perhaps slow what they call uh, immigration, and it wouldn't be to stop it. And it might even just be to make it more orderly, a show of force to make it more orderly, kind of like an empty cop car sitting on a highway that's uh, often you know, sped upon. So I'm, I'm not too sure that this holds any sort of promise. And uh, the only thing I would change about, about the rant, which was really thoughtful and very well done, very surprising for something so coherent coming from a rents uh, affiliate, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not just Biden. This is a big problem to talk about the Biden administration. This is, this is Zog, bitches. This is America on Judaism. How do you like it? Remember, this is your brain on drugs. This is your country on Judaism. There We're kiked. That's what it is. We're just kiked. Stop saying Biden. This jackass doesn't run anything. I thought right. we all learned. Trump didn't run anything. Didn't we learn that? Why in God's name do you think Biden's running anything? And exactly uh, correct uh, to make all those points. And yes, it just it bears. I can't tell you how many times I kept uh, saying it over and over to Jim, good old you know Big Jim, on his show because he must have said over the course of a couple years or more, at least forty times, fifty times or so about bringing in all these voters to vote Democrat. And I just started hammering away, and I believe I finally. Uh, chipped the old statue down because I said, look, it's got nothing to do with voting. They don't care about voting. They control the elections anyway. It's about, it's a racial war. It's a racial war. It's a racial war. And finally, I believe I have prevailed. And I would imagine if we were to have a conversation, he, you know, he would nod his head, go, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's all this is. And of course, what the, the point also that Davis just made, which is, was unstated, but is clear is that we don't have a government, okay? These are basically all these Jewish organizations working day and night to bring in, apparently their dream is just unlimited browns and blacks, okay? And that's what they're doing. That's all they're doing. And all these NGOs or whatever, the, the, the government is basically led around by the nose by these people. And of course, they yeah. they have their own they have their own kind members of the tribe and various government posts, so they can just put out these policy statements, or they can just say, you know, they can completely subvert or, uh, shall we say, reverse the purpose of these government bureaucracies. I mean, what's the border patrol for? To facilitate the influx? To hand them a check when they come in? Is that what the border? It's like it's bizarro. Yes. It's bizarro world. Well, that's what it is for now. See, functionally, we need to live in reality, and that's exactly what it is. And if someone doesn't like it, then you got to start asking them, what are you going to do about it? 
That is a great point. And and what is so bizarre is that, you know, even even the I- installed traitorous local commie leaders like the mayor of New York, that step and fetch it, uh, former police officer and the, the step and fetch it in Chicago. <laughs> Step and fetch it in Chicago, and and uh, the chink uh, commie trader uh, mayor who flung poo uh, in Boston. Even they're realizing they're getting screwed by their little fight in their little fiefdom by the the kikes sending uh, thousands of uh, of subhuman, violent, low impulse Africans and Middle Easterners to to their uh their their cities so which means they're gonna lose their eat their fat paycheck and their little taste of power next election so i don't know man uh the jew is gotta go paul your thoughts then then davis so well yeah that's obvious i mean we we might as well put that under uh you know under the show like part of the banner or something <laughs> right. But yeah, what's interesting here is exactly how far uh, these states and this the governor down there in Texas and, and that. So in other words, how far they're going to go and how far the federal government will go, because if we all remember, you know, I don't know, I think we're all similar age, but I, I was a kid, but they integrated schools at the point of a bayonet. Okay. And so had there been actual real pushback, you know, you just I I feel sooner or later there's going to be there has to be gunfire. Of course, I don't have any problem with it, to be honest with you. I'll just state right now the normal male impulse. okay, when you see these people would be to shoot them. Now, before guns, the normal impulse would be to spear them or stab them or club them because it's obvious they're another tribe, they're on your land, they're, they're others, they're alien, and it's normal, natural reaction to dislike them, okay? It's, this has been studied for so long. I mean, it, they've showed little kids that don't know anything pictures of different, you know, races and different kids, and of course, they right. measure the physiological response. So, of course... In-group amity is natural, and out-group enmity is completely physiologically, biologically normal. So what they're doing, of course, again, the Jews have made a, a career of this, is perverting, inverting, uh, you know, reversing everything, and making you, trying to believe, and this is the, the thing that drives me crazy. I've had conversations with people before, uh, been a while, but yeah, white people, sometimes they just like, they don't get it, they don't see what's being done, and they actually really do believe that they, oh, this is okay. They like, oh, the new Americans. Oh, oh, I know somebody at work. It's like, oh, no, you just you just don't get it. So, yeah, I, I hope some really uh, unpleasant stuff starts happening down there, even if it's just by citizens or something, because, right. you know, the old term, uh, kick it off. Because let's, yep. let's face it, sooner or later, okay, I mean, let's say all the Jews disappear tomorrow. Well, we have millions of unwanted blacks and browns in this country, and they got to go. Davis, your thoughts? Are you muted, Davis, maybe, or... Take a look it looks like I don't. I don't oh, oh, I had to. He dropped out. He's back. Oh, there he is. There he is. D- um, Davis, your thoughts? Oh, sorry. You had to re-add me. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's hard to find good news now nowadays. So uh, I think I'll bring some up. You know, the white pill and all this. Uh, <laughs> fact of the matter is, it sure does look like 
Jewish power is waning. Now, I'm not saying they're out and uh, we're about to get our country back. No, no, nothing, nothing so dramatic. But the fact of the matter is that this uh, trend that we see of sort of a waning Jewish power, um, I think we can see that as the beginnings of narrative collapse. And this shows the importance of uh, everything from free speech to uh, people who love to mock you know, podcasters, what do they do, podcasters? Well, it seems to be influencing someone somewhere. Uh, no otherwise, kidding, yeah. yeah, otherwise, uh, Nosferatu, uh, Jew Greenblatt, wouldn't be trying to shut everyone down who disagrees with the kikes, right? So let's right. face it, it does matter. I don't know to what degree. It's not measurable using metrics I have, but clearly he does. He is clearly concerned. And anything that makes that rat face kike nervous is something I support. So on that basis alone, you should be speaking out against Jews. Now, the fact that we're precipitating narrative collapse just makes it that much sweeter, gorgeous, beautiful, and purposeful. And if we can just keep getting the word out, just moralize. We have to moralize against these people. When they come at you with arguments, do not engage in an argument with the Jew. I don't care what kind of linguist you think you are. You're going to lose. So what you do is you moralize. You call them baby killers. You call them genocidal lunatics. You tell them, oh, you're supposed Holocaust. I guess you've learned nothing, even if it really did happen. You know, uh, this is what you do to them. Baby killer, genocidal lunatics. That's what you call them. They have no constitution. Dude, I don't think people realize this about Israel. You guys need to hit your Wikipedias. Israel, listen to me. Israel has no constitution. That's why it's not in NATO, assholes, because you got to have a constitution to be in NATO. They're not in NATO because they have no constitution. They have something called basic law, capital B, capital L. Basic law is the same thing Germany's been under since the end of 1945. In other words, it's kike law. It's a list of things you can and can't do. It's like the Talmud for everyone. That's what Jews are run by. So don't buy this shit about democracy in the Middle East. That's another thing you tell them. You're no democracy. You're a theocracy. That's what you tell them. You have no constitution. You guys are a joke. You talk about fags and, and Islam throwing fags off buildings. You don't allow fags to marry in Israel. They can get married somewhere else and live there peacefully. See, but that's just the Jews doing what Jews do. They have it both ways. They are and they are not for something. Oh, great points, great points. So uh, this weekend I watched, let me put it up on the screen, an amazing movie from 1940 that I never heard of, Paul turned me on to, Yud Seuss. Man, was that good. <clears throat> and uh, what, what, what was stunning to me is this was made in 1940, and it's more relevant today, Paul. So why don't you tell everybody, since you turned me on to Yud Seuss, what it's about, and it, it is a very satisfying ending. Well, it's it's a terrible piece of vile Nazi propaganda and, and a trope, scapegoating the poor innocent. Oh, it's a trope. Oh, my bad. Yeah, the poor innocent Jewish people. Now, the thing yeah. that was amazing <clears throat> to me, I'm glad you finally watched it. Um, first of all, the production value, right? The costumes. Really good. It was like a Hollywood movie. Yeah, right? the sets, the the acting. I mean, it was all you know excellent for its time, but you know, it, it just tells the tale that's as old as time, right? The the Jewish, uh, the Jewish financial advisor, you know, gets uh, gets the ear of the of the duke or the prince or the king, right? The Duke of Stuttgart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So why don't you go ahead and let me, uh, you know, let's just let me have the road. Sell me the roads. Sell me the roads and the bridges, right? <laughs> you know? And of course, you know, later on, and they, then he throws a couple of the uh, what balls or dances, and you know, tries to, uh, you know, and succeeds in basically corrupting all kinds of young, innocent young girls. You know, it just it's just it's so it's so fitting. Anybody out there who has not seen this movie called Yudsus S U S S. Uh, you have to go to BitChute and and watch it because everything will just fit like a template on what you see today, whether it's corrupting the politicians through money and, uh, for example, offering sexual favors of young girls, uh, you know, bribing, uh, bringing in foreign soldiers. Remember when he's having a problem with, uh, with the locals, he's afraid that he might get, uh, you know, overthrown or something. Then the Jew says, well, I can get you soldiers from another from kingdom. Another kingdom. And it's just like, oh, oh my God, you know, it's yeah. just boom, right on the money. Yeah, it's fantastic. I just put it in every every one of the chat rooms in Odyssey, uh, uh, Rumble, and Goyam TV. We're so honored to be on Goyam TV live now. It's, it's fantastic. And of course, we're and. Uh, why are you trying to? I'm just trying to help you out. You say you want soldiers? I'm gonna get you soldiers. I'm a problem solver. I got to make a buck. <laughs> that's exactly what uh the jew seuss was all about and then he i thought two of the things i thought were great was when he first met with the duke the duke knew he was a vile kike but he still realized that he could be useful and then he started to get used the duke and uh the 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 jew cleaned himself up to fit in and the jew uh, uh seduced a lot of of the Germans of Stuttgart with money, but there was a core base of Germans who weren't fooled. I, I, I don't want to give the plot away because it's really worth watching, and it's German with English subtitles, but like Paul said, the acting's really good, production values are good, and the end is absolutely <laughs> satisfying. Absolutely <laughs> we got to bring those cages back. The, the, I know, I know. The hanging, the hanging cage. We got, we got cranes all over this country, and we could make. We a, do. Yeah, we could, yeah, we could, absolutely. we could make a couple of factories here and there produce those cages. And you know what's uh, interesting yep. is, uh, uh, I have a son, and you know, how kids when they need to take an elective like something like, you know, film appreciation or whatever, they generally, they tend not to pay attention because it's just sort of one of these basket weaving courses. But the one thing I remember years ago he took away from this elective was he was like, yeah, I saw this film. I don't know the name of it. I forget the name, but boy, it made an impression on me. And he talks about this whole thing about the toll booths and how the Jews had insinuated themselves into, uh, you know, the purposes of the leadership of a country. And he, he got the whole thing. He knew all about it. That's how powerful a propaganda film this is, that he remembered the pith of it, even though he couldn't remember Jude Sus. And then what's really funny is the younger kids, uh, Sus is short for suspicious. So he thought it was entirely, entirely hilarious when just a few years ago I reminded him, oh, yeah, it's called Jude Sus. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And he thought, oh, you mean suspicious Jew? I'm like, well, may as well be. Yeah, yeah. No, and the other thing, too, I just remembered is because there's so many. I've now seen it uh, basically three times. And, of course, you know, as you watch it and you pick because it takes a little bit of, of uh, shall we say, uh, concentration because you're you're you go back and yeah. forth. You're, you're reading the subtitles, but then you want to look up at the screen to catch. Right. The, exactly. Yeah. Catch the expressions on the actor's faces. And so forth. there's a lot that goes into it. So it takes a while. 
And it's just like any good movie where you pick up little things here and there the more you see it. But the Germans, whoever made this, was they're really good and going from scene to scene to scene, in many cases a very compressed piece of time as far as the film running, but conveying a lot that was going on. So, for example, just right after... Uh, you know, they got control of the roads and the bridges. Then the price of the produce in the market started to go up, right? And you see the one, the girl, uh, the young girl, the young maiden come into the scene saying that she was just at the market and the price of bread or the price of eggs has gone up and up and up. And, you know, the I think it was her father just kind of shaking his head. Yeah, basically, this is what the Jews do. And, of course, it all started with just setting up just a, a little toll on the road and a toll on the bridges. And then soon they would they cut the blacksmith's house in half, you know. It just was like, That was unbelievable, yeah. yeah. And it was just so perfect. It's like they knew, okay, you could say it's propaganda. And, of course, it was. It was really good propaganda. And, right. you know, it, it claims to be based on a true story. I have no doubt. But the, the one great thing about it, if you recall, uh, Giuseppe, at the end, you know, when the reason they find to execute him is that he commingled his flesh with a Christian woman. Right. We need those laws. We need those laws, baby. Oh, God, yeah. Brother. Yeah, I thought that was, I guess I'll tease it a little bit, but I thought that was excellent at the end is that uh, where, where the uh, the father, the grieving father said, I'm not going to go and be a Jew, I'm paraphrasing, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. We will go by our laws. And, and that was awesome. I thought right. that was really and, and one of And one of the laws they had, of course, besides not allowing them in their kingdom, that was the first law that was broken when the, when the, right. when the, the Jew, Seuss, actually got the king to agree to let the Jews in. What a great scene that was, too, by the way, showing this uh, rabble just with all their carts and and. You know, just they looked like a bunch of unwanted, which they were, right? Unwanted rabble and vagabonds coming into the city, and just to yeah. just to see that the scene of it, you just know what's coming is everything, and their cultural life is going to go downhill. And like yeah. I said, I was having a brief conversation yesterday in the in Applebee's. By the way, I spent a, wasted a little bit of time in Applebee's watching the games and uh, was uh -huh. talking to this woman sitting next to me, a, a white woman. Probably she was near my age and. She was making some comment about uh, a movie or something, and I said, yeah, I can't watch movies anymore. I just, I hate Hollywood. And it was funny. She goes, yeah, I kind of mostly agree, but I saw a good one recently, and uh, I go, what was that? She says, uh, Oppenheimer. And I just go, oh, no. Oh, no. I go, Paul, don't do it. Don't do it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they've ruined, they've ruined everything, everything, right? Right. They've ruined they've TV. Ruined. They've ruined movies. You know, they really have just the music industry. You know this, Giuseppe. So it's like, well, oh, horrible. Whatever oh, they do, exactly. they touch the fucking sports, right? They're gonna, as you told me, and, and I now confirmed it with the links. They're going to play the Black National Anthem on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh my God! And of course, everybody's going to cringe at the halftime ceremony. Whatever it is they touch. They wreck and they tell us it's great. It's art. It's art. Yeah, this is what you get if you open your borders to these kikes. You get shitty, shuffling, shettle Jews, and they come in with their typhus and everything else. And then when someone comes along and tries to clean them up, God forbid, save their lives from themselves from their disgusting, uncleanly habits, and you put them in labor camps to literally try to extract some of the resources they've stolen from your people, then they make up all the crazy stories that, oh, they had us in giant vats of diarrhea, and they drowned us. There was a giant flaw that would raise up 
from the bottom filled with water. They'd electrocute us. Every means of insane death. When a bullet would have just done it. Stop your stupid stories, Kike. That's what we need to tell them when they start with this nonsense. Because when this happens again, someone, God, from my lips to God's ears, someone's going to kick them out of this place. And when they do, just everyone be prepared. They're going to write nasty books about you for 100 years. So what? Goy vey, at least I kept my diamonds up my pooper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many diamonds? <laughs> you know, I got to mention something scholarly after after that sort of less than scholarly diatribe. There is a uh, you know Samuel T. Cohen. I've told Paul this before. Inventor of the neutron bomb, which of course is very Jewish. It's different than the atomic bomb, which is also right. Jewish. But the neutron bomb was a way that Jews said, well, we could just. Destroy, we could atomize and destroy, hypothetically, uh, whether you believe in this or not, this was the idea behind the neutron bomb, that we could destroy biological material and leave yes. all of the superstructure standing. In this way, right. it's very Jewish that you could just sort of eradicate a peoples and just move right in, not have to build anything. That's what they do. So Samuel T. Cohen wrote a book called F.U. Mr. President, Confessions of the Father of the Neutron Bomb, and it was re-released years later in his third edition as Shame, Confessions of the Father of the Neutron Bomb. And uh, uh, I've had this book for quite a while, and I've had to show this to everyone I can, especially after Oppenheimer. So let me just read you a passage about um, you know, the, neutron bomb, uh, the neutron bomb, uh, this inventor stating that his only regret was that the bomb hadn't been ready in time to be dropped on Germany. And he said this was a feeling shared by many Jewish scientists, Cohen wrote. So here we go. This is from page 31 of the book Shame. This was particularly true for most Jewish scientists, and there were a lot of them, including Oppenheimer. Many of them were refugees from Hitler, whose friends and relatives had suffered heinously at his hands, and who harbored precious little affection for the Nazis. They had a vindictive and even barbaric compulsion to complete the project in time to bomb Germany. Of course, this never happened, and when we finally had a couple of bombs to drop, Germany had surrendered. Trying to throw a little logic into this emotionally supercharged equation, I might say that even if we had finished in time to drop a couple of bombs on Germany, it's far from clear that it would have made any real difference on the outcome of the war. By this time, the Allied bombing and shelling of German cities had reduced most of the country to rubble, and it was just a matter of time, a very short time, before the Nazis would have given up. It had become clear to practically everyone but Hitler that the jig was up. Most Germans were in no mood to fight to the bitter end, as many were predicting the Japanese would do. So what might happen if the atomic bombs that burst over Hiroshima and Nagasaki had landed on Zilkberg and Hickendorf? I'd say, what happened? Undoubtedly, nuclear bombing Germany would have made many scientists at Los Alamos, especially the Jews, including myself, deliriously happy. That's the words of the Jewish author. There you go. So wow. ex expressing expressing delirium. Well, I mean, you can see it. Uh, you know, today with Gaza, there's so many people online that have done such good um, work or good commentary on. You know, what is obvious for all to see is the mentality of these people and what they do, including, uh, as you know, Giuseppe, your guest Alex Linder last week, very good at articulating what was on. It's on display for all of us to, to take in, you know, that these are the people that uh, essentially are, uh, at, at the moment, we have allowed to, to rule over us. 
Oh, by the way, David, do you remember you sent me um, a piece of text in a, in in our um, our thread one time about the, uh, geysers of blood coming out of the ground from <laughs> one of these. Oh yeah, <laughs> we have to do a Holocaust show because I've got the original source material and I've just been reading like a fiend for the past four years, and uh, yeah, the most insane things are said, and of course you have to believe them, otherwise you're anti-Semitic, you're Holocaust denying. You said my mother didn't uh, die, and then and then the uh, shoot up in a geyser of blood. Yeah, the <laughs> hell out of here. The shit they say. Yeah, oh, a, I, one other thing I sent you, Paul, very important to the conversation that I, uh, I, I, I probably should mention this every show. Do you remember I sent you a passage from a book by Charles E. Silberman? And this is a book um, called A Certain People, American Jews and Their Lives Today. So this is one of these Jews who writes a book for Jews about Jews, okay? So if you grab this book, again, A Certain People by Charles E. Silberman, you probably get it cheap on Amazon. Everyone should have this, only so they can turn to page 350. And at page 350, they said, Jews are only safe in a society acceptant of a wide range of attitudes and behaviors, as well as a diversity of religious and ethnic groups. So I'll repeat that before the show is over, because for people who say, oh, I don't know if what you're saying, why would Jews be doing all this immigration? I mean, the Muslims come and hurt the Jews. Well, there's your reason. They're only safe in a society that's like an island of misfit toys. No, that's, that's uh, exactly right. I do remember uh, vaguely about that. But yeah, it also reminds me of a line um, on one of the callers years ago on Stormfront, or uh, might have been one of the co-hosts was uh, reading parts of this uh, book that he he was recommending it sounded quite uh, scholastic and academic i think it was called the history of the jews in russia and poland right oh, and, yeah. what, and and of course it goes way 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 back to you know medieval times and beyond but one of these the line that was in this book talked about you ready for this following following the blood trail to the house of the jew and of course you know it was about the kidnapping or killing of, of young christian children right but just that line right there, following the blood trail to the house of the Jew. It's like, good God, that's what these people are known for. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that reminds me of, if you don't mind, I'll jump in. There's a book uh, very similar called The Jews of Russia and Paul in a Bird's Eye View of Their History and Culture by Israel Friedlander. And on page 124, he says, the loyalty of the Jews stood in strange contrast to the attitude of the so-called native population. In other words, every time you find these people, they are the outsider, and that's what makes them Jews. In fact, I forget what book it's from, but there's a Jew who, a hundred years ago, said, if there is one anti-Semite, I will be a Jew. Yeah. This is who they are. They thrive on this. So I say, let's give them what yeah. they want. Well, Giuseppe, yeah, you, they want. you sent me that little uh, newspaper clip with that picture of the guy that was accused of selling the foreskins. You just yeah. you just look at that swarthy character. And I don't care, you know, if you're a Southern <clears throat> Mediterranean right European or a Central European or a Northern European. The look, the swarthy, uh, how, how, how would I say, unpleasant and in many ways kind of disturbing and foreboding look of so many of these people it's, it's no wonder they were just run out of town if they had any uh reason to do so because it's like just something about you bro i don't like the looks of you get out yeah there we go there it yeah. is Ra new york rabbi arrested 
for selling thousands of foreskins on Craigslist. Oy vey, oh. Rabbi Aaron Jayan was arrested last week after exchanging messages with a federal agent posing as a Craigslist user interested in purchasing fresh baby foreskins, according to the criminal complaint. <laughs> Rabbi Zion is, uh, is believed to have sold an estimated 5,200 foreskins since 2015 when he started selling the pieces of human skin on Craigslist and advocating their aphrodisiac qualities as, open quotes, he would sell them in small bags fried in oil with added spices and salt, oh, like little onion rings, which seemingly made them more palatable and easy to consume, said 40th Precinct New York police officer PJ Hustler. So this vile kike is frying them up. Oi, here you go, Goyam. Want to get a boner? Eat a couple of these. Oh, you know what? Geez. Few people know, guys. Few people know that he was selling those to homosexuals as chewing gum. Oh, my God. What? Really? Oh, oh no, God. I'm joking. I made that up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, man. You know, That's pretty good. And, but here, here's the thing, though. It's, it's believable because there's nothing, in my opinion, based upon the history that we already have on them and based upon what they're doing now, anything is believable with these people, right? I mean, who would think to take a gigantic man that probably weighs approaching 350 to 400 pounds, right, uh, with stubble, okay, but put a wig, a dress, and garish makeup, and then let's take him to a library and have him read, uh, you know, stories to little children. It's like, you, you can't make this fucking shit up, but the Jews do it. And, you know, like I said, when I got that from you, Giuseppe, that clip, I, I went to that picture because I'm big on, you know, like I said, physiognomy and all that stuff, right? And I just blew up his face just to take it in. And it's like, you just want to, you just want to smash him. You just want to smash him and kick their ass across the border, across the ocean, wherever it is. To be honest, that's what I feel like at the border right now. As I've said so many times, the thing that is so aggravating to me about what's happening is that there's no government budget necessary. You ask for American volunteers to go down there and enforce the border, border laws, and you get people from every state driving down there, and I'd be, I'd be one of them. That's awesome. You know, uh, there's an interesting fella who's kind of come out of nowhere to become a huge Twitter presence. Uh, his name's Keith Woods. He's an Irish guy. He seems to be legit. And uh, let's listen to him about his observations about the U.S. southern border. It's funny that an Irish guy gets it more than uh, uh, so many of the American sheeple. So let's listen to Keith Woods. Over 8 million illegal immigrants have crossed the United States southern border since Joe Biden took office. And a lot of people are asking, why would the United States allow what is effectively an invasion of its southern border under this government? The man that's in charge of the U.S. border, Alejandro Mayorkas, is actually an immigrant himself, being from a Cuban Jewish family who fled Cuba after the Cuban Revolution in the 1960s. But what not a lot of people know is that Mayorkas was actually a member of the board of directors of HIAS, or the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, 
which is one of the biggest NGOs pushing open borders in the United States. And he was a board member right up until the point where he moved to become the Secretary of Homeland Security. On their website, HIS describes itself as a Jewish organization dedicated to the rights of asylum seekers and refugees. In 2017, it organized the Jews for Refugees Assembly, which brought together over 50 very powerful Jewish organizations in the United States, including the ADL, to lobby for more asylum seekers into the United States and to oppose Donald Trump's ban on immigration from Muslim countries. HIS gets over $100 million a year from the government that Mayorkas is a part of, and that funding has only exploded since 2020. Now it has been discovered that HIS is directly facilitating the invasion of the United States southern border by helping immigrants cross the so-called Darien Gap which connects South America to the American continent. They have a dedicated building used as a processing facility there and are using their funding to help build roads and other forms of transport to help immigrants reach North America. They have even produced maps in Spanish to explain to immigrants how to best reach the United States southern border. Mayorkas is apparently aware of this and has even visited these facilities. Now, this seems like a conflict of interest, yet it hardly gets discussed in mainstream immigration discussions. Wow, there you go. Mm. Uh, very, very excellent uh, summation of just how traitorous Biden, the child rapist, is and all these kikes he's installed everywhere in his administration. Unbelievable. Well, Paul, your thoughts then, Davis? I, I think the, the the best line the uh, that I took away from that is when he says, it seems like a conflict of interest, but <laughs> of, of course it's, it's not because this is the Jewish business model, okay? You get into the government, all right, you use the taxes to fund uh, the exact opposite of what everybody wants. This is what they do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Go ahead, Davis, your thoughts. Yeah, it's just typical, you know, Jew subversion. And it goes back to the Silberman quote where uh, you have to live on the island of misfit toys because that's how Jews are most comfortable, period. And, and this actually gives... Uh, it gives rise in the mind to something else that's pretty clear is that you are all every single American are a part of a life support system for the world's Jews. Okay. You may not like it, but I insist you live in reality. That is reality. If you don't like it, why don't you plan to do something about it? And if you don't mind, let me know when you want to come back to this. Paul, I went uh, while that clip was playing. I grabbed the uh, the Eli Wiesel book that has the guises of blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we all know that when you bury Jews in a mass grave, their blood is still under tremendous pressure. So, no, no, no. The blood, the Jew blood, is so powerful that it. <laughs> It spurts in geysers from the ground. Listen to page 48 in the book called The Jews of Silence. <laughs> You're like, fucking, first of all, Jews of Silence, I wish. Jews never. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, but this is what Eli Weasel says on page 48. There's another book you should go get. You can probably find it like three bucks used. Just put a little bookmark on page 48 and highlight this. For months after the killing at Babi Yar, the ground continued to spurt geysers of blood. Oh. Yeah. Okay, Kike. 
That's right up there with breathing through. Yeah, this right up there with breathing through keyholes in Flossenburg gas chamber. There was some kike who says he survived five gassings because he was breathing through the keyholes. <laughs> You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> it's just, good shit, man. <laughs> I just fly, I just flashed on that well-known scene, the the so-called man on the street interview on 9/11, where the guy goes, and the build. I watched the buildings collapse because of the fires were just too hot, and steel couldn't take it anymore. It's like, sure, of course. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Here you go. watch the planes hit the towers i was watching with my roommate it was approximately several minutes after the first plane had hit i saw this plane come out of nowhere and just ream right into the side of the twin tower exploding through the other side and then i witnessed both towers collapse one first and then the second mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense uh, obviously <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of people inside the buildings at the time Two guys um, from the seventh precinct i Dude, there you go. You are there. It is. You are man on the spot. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah, because you know, of course, we all know, as Davis just said earlier, that the Jew blood is special. So even when they're buried under dirt, of course, you cannot stop that Jew blood from because they are the chosen. The Jew In blood. Fact, hey, let me ask you guys: uh, <laughs> uh, Did you ever see? I don't know what to make of uh, Brother Nathaniel Kapner, right? I mean, Ugh. I don't know about that guy, but he. Some of his videos, and my favorite one I saw several years ago was when he exposed that the guy pretending to be Eli Wiesel went to uh, a reunion of the Holocaust. It's amazing how many of them survived the Holocaust. Oh yeah, and, and, great. and then uh, the roommate of Eli Wiesel said to him. You're not Eli Wiesel. Eli Wiesel was my age, and and you're you're like ten years younger. I thought that was a, an amazing expose to point out that the clown who won a Nobel Peace Prize and was given so much uh, media coverage wasn't even Eli Wiesel. I thought that was very impressive of Kapner to, to expose that. Yeah, well, no, Norman Norman Finkelstein has been saying that for ages. You know, I remember hearing an interview with him way. I mean, it probably goes back to maybe even before the internet or something. But in fact, I think I think he might have said it on Democracy Now, if I'm not mistaken, because he used to. Really, that's great. Yeah, he said basically, uh, with all these Holocaust survivors, who exactly did the Germans kill? And I mean, exactly. That's yeah. that's pretty ballsy for you know a Jewish guy. To actually, say. that was uh yeah, that's on page fifty, I recall, and that's what his mother actually said to him, and he remembered that. Oh, okay. As older, okay. Yeah, as an older man, he said, "My mom mentioned this as a boy, and it made a lot of sense to me." <laughs> that's, good. That's, that's good knowledge. And just real quick, because uh, I didn't know which to grab, because there's just so many geysers of blood claims, so I grabbed both books. There's also one called Against Silence. The Voice and Vision of Eli Wiesel, Volume 2. I had to get the three-volume set just to pull out this quote. And this <laughs> talks about, um, for months after, and that's going to sound very familiar, but notice that this is now 10 years after the first quote I read. So in other words, it gets uh, it gets expanded upon. This is what they do. So now Eli Wiesel, in 1985, 10 years later, is saying, for months after the massacre, this is at Baba Yar, the ground did not stop trembling, and that from time to time, geysers of blood spurted up out of the earth. So now, it isn't just <laughs> that there's geysers, it's ground is constantly trembling. It's as if earth itself is unsettled from the sheer number of dead kikes. It's spitting them forth, attempting to rejuvenate the Jew soul. Fuck off. 
That's not, you know, not uh, Giuseppe. I, we got to hand it to Davis here. His his Jewish uh, accent uh, character is excellent, man. That's really good. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's really the poor good. me Jew as opposed to the Oive Jew, right? And, yeah. <laughs> you get all kinds of. And then just uh, before the end of the show, I'll get back to it. I also grabbed a book called The Promise Hitler Kept, which I know what you're thinking. You're going to pick this book and be like, wow, I can't wait to read it. But then just you you wait and see. It's actually from a Jew, so it's. It's kind of crazy. There's a lot of claims in here, and there's a few passages about insane methods of Jew killing uh, that are really a lot of fun. But we don't want to we don't want to stomp on everything, so we'll get back to that later. But it's a lot of fun to hear what these kikes were talking about, and not to mention, look up some of the World War One claims. Did you know that in World War One, the accusation against Germans, besides like you know babies on bayonets and all that. Uh, one of the accusations was German corpse factories. That was from World War One. So this is an exactly. old paranoid Jewish claim. And they also have a thing with the gas. The kikes are always afraid of the gas. And this goes back to some Talmudic claim about uh, putting all the Jews in an enclosure and like burning papyrus reed until the smoke killed them. This goes all the way back. I'm talking, this is like 6,000 year old desert God shit. Well, it sounds like a good strategy to me. Cor a, cor a corpse factory. Uh, tell me more. What does that mean? A corpse factory? Well, as you know, the Jews love to believe that the clothing hooks in the Zyklon B steamers, and that's all they were, was just these chambers where they put the clothes in, kill all the bugs. Mm -hmm. they, them. Yeah. they love to believe that the clothing hooks, which are made to hold like 30 pounds maximum, uh, these clothing hooks were meat hooks for human bodies. This is the kike brain. So gotcha. that's what's meant by factory. It was a place to clean your dirty clothes, you filthy kike. Gotcha. Interesting. So one of the, the big growth industries in the United States, the last... Um, kike growth industries is porn right ever since the internet i mean they thought oh, God, that they yeah. could control the internet via mm -hmm. porn and i'm gonna you guys haven't i don't think you've seen this clip so it will we'll get your reactions but to me there's so much in this clip so, so many layers but check it out so uh he uh this is a young uh caring uh white woman in austin texas who uh uh, uh, tried to do something really nice for her boyfriend. Here we go. So I just spent $30,500 along with another $2,500 to buy my boyfriend um, the bike of his dreams. This has been the best month ever for me on OnlyFans, um, and he's been nothing but absolutely super supportive. Um, and I wanted to gift him something that I knew he'd really like. They're about to deliver it, so let's go see his reaction. This is the bike my boyfriend has been wanting forever. It's an S1000 BMW. I bought it straight off the lot here in Austin, Texas. I'm super excited to see what he thinks. I replaced a couple of the pieces with carbon fiber straight from Germany, made specifically for his bike. Um, they were really expensive, but I know that's exactly what he likes, and I'm really excited to see what he thinks. They just delivered it, and I'm about to come take him out. All right, okay, ready? Just one more step, a little down. Okay, you can take the blindfold off. <laughs> I bought you your dream bike. Oh, wow. I mean, I appreciate the bike, babe, but I really appreciate it for being such a whole. I'm not being, I, but this like totally makes up for that. stuff like this online. <laughs> but I thought this, this makes up for that. Such you get to... So this didn't go the way I expected. I'm single now, but <laughs> like he kept the bike because I like put it in his name. <laughs> 
<laughs> Obviously, that's not real, but it makes a point. And first of all, about her, daddy like. Daddy like. <laughs> no, wait a second. He's really hot. Daddy leak. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, so many layers there, right? This that this beautiful young white buxomous blonde could um, make that much money uh, whoring it up. I I don't understand what OnlyFans is, right? What do you do? that you make so much money but i've seen multiple instances of young attractive sexy sexy white women uh making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on OnlyFans. but what do they do what 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 why why would somebody pay so much money just to watch some chick on a screen there's free porn everywhere i, I just don't get it well they they got the they got the personal connection there giuseppe because they they're doing it just for you you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, you do know that that was not real, but it, it it does illustrate something. So just so you know that. Oh yeah, when they showed him riding behind her, I mean driving behind her on the bike, yeah, it was set up right, right. She's probably not even a cam whore, but it does it makes the point, right? Yeah. And I don't know exactly what they do, but I know that I know enough about Belle Delphine to know that some of them become phenomena because everyone's heard of this girl who just sort of made a like a cottage industry out of whoring um songs and everything but uh but that's not everyone just so you know so these girls who make the the hundreds of thousands it's very very important for people to know that that is the exception that's the popularized exception the rule is women end up having images of them fingering their bungholes out there forever and they make 30 bucks a month that's the reality okay so ladies don't whore on cam you're not going to be Belle Delphine. There's only one Belle Delphine. And even if you were hot as the motorcycle lady, there's no one saying you're going to make that money. And even if you did, please, the things that are going to be online forever, the big number four, ever. There you go. That's it. Yeah, I just thought that, that uh, the very clever of them to think of doing that. And secondly, um, it just embraces what the vile Jew cancer has done to this country because there are, I mean, the, you know, I, I, I mean, you can take five minutes and set and look on Reddit and you can find literally thousands of homemade pornos that people are just eager to put up on Reddit for you to see them having three ways and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why would you want to have your personal, intimate activities on the internet for other people to see? I mean, to me, that that's like, where's the thrill, Paul? And then Davis, I have, I would never do that in a billion years. Well, I see Paul is muted, but so I'll speak. Uh, first of all, if I looked like that woman. With my brain, I would never leave the house. I'd just be in front of a mirror all day doing things. But uh -huh. that's just because men are disgusting, and that's the point. Men are disgusting, ladies. So what you need to do is uh, find yourself a good one, okay? Because most of them are just disgusting and gross, and let love to use you and throw you away, particularly the kike. What We've not even reached peak Judaism in this sort of cultural subversion, by the way. I see a near future, Giuseppe, where... Someone will monetize. It won't be one of these girls who thinks it up, but they will use the mechanism. Someone will soon monetize the ability to essentially politely blackmail the users of OnlyFans. In other words, you got some banker 
he comes to you with his silly username and password, but ultimately the guy's got an ISP. Some kike will create an index of the ISPs and the real names, use a Coles directory, get the guy's actual phone number. Next thing you know, you'll have some Jew calling on behalf of the whore saying, "Eh, you wouldn't want this to get out to your banker friends. So if you were to donate, uh, I don't know, 50,000 this month, we could make sure that the photos don't leak to your inter-office mail. Does that sound okay? Is that reasonable? I got to make a buck. That's going to happen. You watch. That will happen. Because when the Jews have wrung out every drop of goodness from these whores, they're moving on to you, OnlyFans users. Very, uh, very re- realistic uh, business scenario there. And uh, sorry, I had to step away for a couple of minutes, gentlemen, but I uh, am back. Well, she wasn't. Well, my question was, <laughs> in addition to OnlyFans, you can go on Reddit, and within three minutes you can find countless amateur sex sites uh, where people are eager to put up their three ways with the husband and the buddy or oh, the guy God. with the, his wife and and the, the, the her girlfriend because she's bi. And it's like, you know, I've always said I don't care what anyone does in their bedroom or their basement as long as they keep it themselves. What And I never in a billion with a B years would put any type of sex film of myself when i was younger right. up on the internet i wouldn't want anybody to see that but so paul why why are these shitheads so eager to put their 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 uh rutting and fornicating and slurping and uh sodomizing on on the internet for the general public to see well so you were raised catholic like i was and uh i'm sure you recall i mean i don't know how specific um they ever got but there was a general a sort of a reverence and in many ways also combined with a prohibition on sexuality which of course you know when you came up later on with the the free love movement from the 60s all the way to the 70s and you know hey sex is normal natural beautiful you know be a playboy and of course you know there was the pill and the iud and all these other things so you know it was promoted by the usual suspects to break down our morals. And of course, what that did is reduce our birth rate. And that was always the plan. It's really sad that it occurred and that we weren't the wiser to it when it was happening to us when we were younger. And, you know, now that I see what it is they've done and you, you realize how important it is to have these these Catholic or Christian traditions. It doesn't necessarily have to be under Christianity or Catholicism, but there's a reason that, you know, the marriage vows exist. There's a reason that nobody wants to marry a woman who slept with like a hundred guys. Okay. I mean, if a guy has his preference and he's got two beautiful women and they have very similar uh, personalities, but one woman has maybe had sex a few times and another woman has slept with 150 guys and she's a former, you know, whatever what these platforms are. Uh, right, right. You, who, who's a guy going to choose? It's only natural. But see what the Jews have tried to do is to glorify depravity. Okay. There's right. nothing wrong with normal, natural sex and lovemaking. And I'm not even opposed to sex outside of marriage. Okay. Obviously, I'm, we've all engaged in it and I'm not a prude. But I, I now understand as an older adult, and of course, this is what the Jews count on. They count on the fact that they push 
the family hierarchy, the church hierarchy, and the normal moral government hierarchy to the side, and they replace it with the, oh, if it feels good, just do it. You know, it's great. Oh, sex is wonderful. You know, and this just absolutely has destroyed white Western birth rates all across the world. And it, it's, it's really sad. And I'll just add quickly too. anybody can see, and I have done so, by the way, I recommend if you haven't, as you can see interviews done on YouTube and other places with uh, ex-porn stars, ex-women that used to be in the industry, and they're all broken. And a lot of them admit it. You know, they, they have just, they, they, they have ruined their emotional selves, their spiritual selves through this, and they'll talk about it openly. And it's just, it's, it's sad to hear it. <laughs> that is a great point. Cause yeah, I mean, what the, you know, there is a biological imperative in it. Every living entity on this planet to procreate. That's the, that's the divine imperative, right? Life wants to continue having life. So reptiles, mammals, humans, we're all, when we're young, we have a biological imperative to breed and produce more of our species. And and the Jew really uses that against us, right? And that's what's so sad. And and Davis, uh, we'll get your thoughts and then we'll go to Paul to, uh, to for, for a follow-up comment. What's so sad is the kike cancer has metastasized so much that it now controls government. It controls academia. It controls the media. It controls banking. It controls uh, uh, big food and big pharma. And all these things in concert are being used to um, to 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 use the to one to prevent the actual procreation by poisoning, and two to use the urge to procreate, which should be done if your parents and your grandparents are active in raising you and convince you don't don't go at for all that 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 self absorbent you know, literal masturbation or literal whoring, you know, be true to your family and your legacy and find a nice girl and have kids, right? That, But but sadly, the state, the kike state, has taken over the rearing of 90% of all white kids these days. And so that's what it is such an incredible, heartbreaking thing to witness. So your thoughts, Davis, and we'll go to Paul for a follow-up. Well, sure. Psychology, as uh listeners likely know is like entirely jewish but even a broken clock can be right twice a day right so they got it right on this one about parasocial relationships this really explains it all that uh it used to be perfectly normal by the way parasocial relationships in prepubescent teens was perfectly normal the the girl would fantasize about a singer or something this is normal and a boy would you know uh find some hot girl in a movie and be, oh she's amazing but that was a normal type of prepubescent development evidently today we have parasocial relationships that uh, uh, are substitutes for the real thing which is the problem we're discussing right because we now have a society that is so subversive so kiked people can't even meet in real life it's like everyone's a whore but fewer people are having sex this could only be jewish okay to have this kind of formula and it's all monetized right so now just so you know these poor individuals when you guys out there like you're pathetic but i do feel some sympathy for you when you take your thumb and your two fingers and you you whack that baby's thumb you call a penis and you milk yourself you are engaged 
in parasocial contact theory, you are attempting to create a close contact with someone in your life because you are so dysfunctional, because you live in a dysfunctional country run by kikes. That's why you're supposed to admire celebrities. Of course, they're beautiful. You're not supposed to be milking your noodle to some girl on OnlyFans. It's right. pathetic. This is what they've made us into. And it's intended, by the way, to boost your own self-esteem because, of course, you have an exclusive audience with a beautiful woman that you could literally not have orchestrated in any other conditions. This is really important, and that's why it's monetized. That's a great point. Paul, before I get your thoughts, uh, have you, either of you guys heard of this new phenomenon called a Digi, D-I-G-I? My wife... Uh, who has to monitor a lot of this stuff for her job. She turns me on to these latest fads. Do, have either of you guys heard of a digi? No. I don't want to know. <laughs> well, you, you, you do want to know. Um, so evidently, the, these cowardly, uh, effeminized, incel uh, 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 19 to 30 or 18 to 30-year-olds are um, these chat GBT, these AI. And AI is nothing but a sophisticated big data heuristic learning tool, right? So the more you tell it, the more it will it will customize what it's doing. It's not sentient. It's all bullshit. That, but yet everything's AI these days. So a digi is an AI that these, these uh, uh, socially awkward, immature, in every level, uh, feminized young guys... They're too scared. They're too. What happened? Okay. Um, is calling on, uh, or rather, is uh, so you go to this site to find your digi. So the digi it, it is intentionally looks like a, a beautiful, sexy Pixar animated female right so because they found that 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 these young 18 to 30 incels really uh find that very sexually stimulating right got a pixar cutie uh female so then it, the, the 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 incel the nerd starts to bear its soul to this uh digi ai and it, it heuristically learns everything and so the 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 human feels like it's forming a deep emotional sexual soul soul soulmate bond with this digi ai uh, heuristic learning tool can you believe that and and they say it's so powerful that in some of these states like california they're going to allow in the next year or two they're predicting that they're going to allow these incel nerds to marry these digis i mean it's just beyond belief I, I knew that you were going to say marry that uh yeah, what's what's staggering is if you've seen some of the actual, uh, I mean, they're making them these uh, basic, like these flesh robots for guys. Right. I mean, you know, then you can order the type that you want, you know, it's your fantasy. Right. And, you know, it's funny. Now, the male part of me that uh, has always had, you know, some issues here and there with uh, with women and relationships, and we all know as, as guys, we could all banter back and forth about the various things that can and do drive us crazy about the opposite sex. Um, but yeah, you're correct in, in your assessment that it's just, it's a weird uh, sickness. It's a dysfunctionality that's been imposed, uh, you know, from on high. And uh, yeah, what's really bothersome to me, of course, is this, we're talking about porn and, and the viewing of pornography. And of course, we've all, we've all done it, right? Where there's no, there's no saints here. 
Um, but I remember the first time I saw a pornographic film, I was, I think, either 18 or 19. And it was because of uh, Betamax tape, you know, which I didn't go to an adult theater. Remember, there used to be adult theaters, okay? Right. Th those are all gone now. But the reason I mention this is, of course, I went my entire, you know, you know, life, right, until basically after high school, before I saw an act of pornography. Now, these little kids, right, elementary, junior high, high school, have it at their fingertips on a phone. And to me, and we never voted on that, right? And what do you think most parents would vote if they had the choice? It's like we're living in a world that's basically imposed upon us. And that's why I've always been so uh, radical about, you know, it has to be destroyed, utterly destroyed, where strong men take over. Uh, because there's no, um, there's no democracy for this kind of crap, in my opinion. Oh, well stated. Really well stated. Dude, these are really. That's a really. Bro I don't. I don't want to be here anymore. That's when I hear that. That's a really broken, broken person. Who you're saying these yeah. are like little cartoons they're looking at? Yes, yes, little animated, and everybody knows how that Pixar animation style looks real, and like the movie Wall-E or these other movies they've done. You know, you just huh. if there's just something about that animation style. You're just like, oh, it's so cute, and so these these di digi cartoon women are looking that style, right? So it breaks down the 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 resistance of these young uh, eighteen to thirty year old uh, uh, incel zoomers. Here, I've got something for you. Now, I know y'all saying, hold up, wait a minute, something ain't right. I got a broken fucking brain! Yep, that about says it. That it is, that's it, yep. Totally true, totally true. So, um, well, fellas, the great shows go fast, and we're down to our last uh, 20 minutes or so. So, Paul, is there anything, you, or Davis, then both, uh, you guys wanted to discuss or bring up that that I haven't brought up yet? Well, um, I thought of another plank for my presidential platform. Uh -huh. I, I, All right. I, I covered yeah. with uh, you the last time we talked about no more uh, call centers located in a foreign country. There'll only be American call centers. This one has to do with commercials. I'm sure, I don't know if Davis has seen this commercial, but I'm sure you have, Giuseppe. There will be forthwith, day one of my administration, a total ban on blacks riding on the backs of wolves going to great wolf lodge no more of those commercials done <laughs> had it i don't want to see any of those again you you had me at no more blacks <laughs> <laughs> why qualify with riding on wolves oh my god have you seen this commercial davis oh no no oh thank god. god thank I god know i you have giuseppe yeah it's for the uh, the gambling stuff right no, no, no. It's Great Wolf Lodge, right? I mean, if you if you watch a sporting event, especially football, you can they will show this commercial at least two, three times or more. I mean, they showed it this weekend. I'm surprised hmm. you haven't seen oh, it. Uh, no, I, I actually I haven't because typically, like, uh, I'm working on the Monday show prep. I just monitor like the score i don't actually watch the games ah uh, okay well i'm sure you could find it i'll, I'll consent it to you. oh yeah i'll check it out but yeah just basically great wolf i think there's more than one but there's this great wolf lodge and it's i think it's minnesota i believe and it's this is isn't it a water park or yeah something? it's like a big like big hotel you know water park you know retreat whatever 
and it's always blacks and they show these blacks being woken up out of their sleep and oh okay yeah it's time to go and they they hop on the back of these big you know obviously imaginary you know i mean it's all computer generated shit but yeah it's it's just it's part and parcel of the continual unrelenting promotion of blacks everywhere on tv i mean it's just constant again this goes back for a few years now but i mean literally if an alien was to come down from another planet and watch television especially in the united states he would think oh my god blacks must be um you know the 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 dominant uh you know uh uh what you call dominant type of uh of human here in this country they must be the the ruling uh the clique the elite Oh man, I'm looking for this clip I used last week, but it'd be perfect. Is like the, it's a montage, and and it's impossible. Every commercial now is racial ma- misogynation. Everyone, it's either a, a, it's mostly a white chick with a black guy, or an Asian dude with a Hispanic, or uh 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 you know, it's never just a nice normal white couple, which is still. The majority, even though a lot of these white couples are are uh, libtards, they're still you know married and producing white babies, and so it's unbelievable. I'm I'm trying to find the clip, but well, this guy or woman put together this amazing montage of like a thousand different ads, and they're all the same. It's so sickening. Well, while you're looking for that, if psychology were not Jewish, but instead were run by good white people, there would be a condition called Negro fatigue, which is what the bulk of the country has. Everyone has just had it. They see a black face on the screen and they just switch the channel. Everyone's had enough. We got it. We got it. They're here uh, for what they keep telling us is good. Uh, No, Negro fatigue. Yeah. Well, also, too, I think I mentioned this to you before, Davis, on a phone conversation and probably you as well, Giuseppe. But, yeah, they have these composite families now for these various products where, you know, they'll show this family, which it's like, okay, how could this family exist exactly? You know, they have some guy and I just saw one the other day. So the woman was my best guess was she was like a combo of like maybe Hispanic Asian or something. And the guy was, I don't know what he was, he's like a, a mystery meat, but their child. So it was basically three-person family. So the husband and wife were like both kind of mixed. And you go, okay, what are they? You could see the, the influences of a couple different races in them. And their kid was a niglet, okay, some kind of like mulatto-type niglet. And I, I remember, you know, I, I don't even pay attention to the products anymore. It's like, what are they trying to advertise or sell here? Because it's just obvious the, the social programming and engineering that's going on is they're just trying to make us believe that oh yeah but the sad thing is it's a lot of it's based in reality because when you're here in california and like i said we have we have a smorgasbord of everywhere unlike many other parts of the country you know you get everything you get every variety of asian okay southeast asian and chinese and so forth and all kinds of varieties of so-called hispanics right and the hispanic race quote unquote it's a mestizo race so it's already mixed and then they're coming here, and then they're mixing with the various of whatever they have their their field of opportunity. Okay, because I see white chicks going with Mexicans, right? I see white right. guys going with Mexicans and Asians. And then, of course, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, the Filipinos and some of these other Asians are kind of the the sluts of the Orient, and they will breed with all kinds of different races. 
And so literally you can not tell in some cases what somebody is anymore just by looking at them. And I mean, it's obvious when you see half whites and half Asians, that's almost always easy to tell. But we've had a couple generations of that now. And so those, right. those people are now mixing. So it's exactly what the Germans and Hitler wanted to prevent and were against and what we should all prevent and want to prevent because it really is the destruction of all the races, not just ours. Um, exactly, the Kudenhof Kalergi, absolutely. Yeah. And, and speaking of Negro fatigue, this next clip is this she-boon who is a sanctimonious she-boon who, <laughs> oh yeah, it's okay to hate whites, I hate whites, but and you whites, but then uh, she gets her own little instant karma moment uh, courtesy of uh, one of her noble black brothers. Check this out. I don't hate white people. I hate whiteness. When I'm done dismantling whiteness, white people will still be here. You're going to be okay. I know equality scares the shit out of you, but you're going to be all right. Also, for the black people that I... do hate white people, it's okay. Heal, take your time. I'm uplifting your anger. Because after 400 years of imperialism, colonialism, brutality, oppression, I think you're allowed to be mad. A few moments later. Yo, this man just hit me in my face with a brick and all these black men just watch. And they don't give a fuck. Yeah, this man hit me, fucking grabbed a rock and it hit me in my fucking face because I would have given him my number. And all y'all just fucking watch. Y'all see that shit? Y'all see that shit? What do y'all do? I want y'all to be a man. I want y'all to be a man and fucking do something. Y'all gonna let a man hit me in my face. Hey, why don't you call yeah, the white police? Huh? Have I ever done to anybody in my life to deserve this? Where you going to a white hospital where white uh, white technology is going to help you? He looks like something out of fucking Goonies now. Yeah, you ass, you ugly, ratchet-ass looking black bitch. Like Fuck I always you. say, the, the best remedy for racism is separation. <laughs> I think she looks better. <laughs> Doesn't that like uh, check like thirty boxes in just a minute, right? I mean, I thought that was well, you know, and here's the thing too. It's so it's so disgusting. I remember having this discussion with a couple people, including my brother. You know, ages ago, starting back in the '90s. So all these blacks, they're always shooting each other, stabbing each other. You know, committing all these crimes and so forth. And of course, when they really want help, whether it be law enforcement help or medical help. You can be sure that even if it isn't a white person that's directly engaged, the underlying infrastructure, the underlying organization is totally white. It's just like Tommy Sotomayor said, right? You put, you leave blacks the freedom to do whatever it is they want, and they ain't going to do shit. Okay. Uh-oh. Paul it's, is quoting Tommy. Oh boy. Well, it's it's <laughs> us that we have the technology, right? We have the the water and the sewer and the buildings and the roads and the hospitals and the bridges and the schools and the economy that everybody wants to come and be a part of and consume, right? And so, but we're told by our, our benevolent masters that, oh, you must not be prejudiced. You must not be racist. You must not have any opinions that aren't uh, prescribed by us for these, these invaders who, in the end, contribute nothing to society except for draining resources and destruction. Nah, and man. Paul, I've got a great clip that that uh, makes that point, which is Kike Hollywood uh, fantasy versus reality. Let's check this one out. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. 
I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Excuse me. Sorry. I don't want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. I don't really understand. It's easier to show you. What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Shark. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. That's why we fight white discomfort every day. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. The name needs a little updating, maybe like magical black people, or I guess that doesn't have the same ring. Oh, wow. Your first client is a Jason Munt. His morale is far too low. Hey. Hey. Darn it. I was hoping there was a station right next to him. Oh, is this one spoken for? No. Yeah, it's actually fun and weirdly relaxing. It's like being a secret agent with none of the danger. Hey, I'm Lizzie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. She's great. Yeah, she's cool. You kidding? Come on, man. She's smart and funny. I know what you were doing going on about her. You're trying to set us up. No, no, no. That's not what I was doing. You cannot have a relationship with Lizzie now. Because if you don't put Jason first, everyone's magic will fail. I've always (laughs) felt like it's my job to make white people feel comfortable. And here it literally is. But maybe it shouldn't be. I got a great plan to ask her out, but I'm gonna need your help. Do you think you could like work your magic? Hey, is he talking about me? Hey. Oh my wait, are you? defied the society. Who was it? You didn't let her go like I told you. If you interfere with her or your client, you could have your memory erased. You won't even remember she existed. Even though we might never see each other again, I need you to know that what we had was real. I'm curious to see how you're going to make it out of all this. Well, boys... And for the radio people, there, there, that that is an absurd. It's hard to watch. Premise, uh, but uh, it was a split screen with the magical Negroes, uh, f- punching, shooting, stabbing whites. You know, especially the young groid, male groids going after elderly and going after women and all that. So, nah, yeah, magical mm-hmm. Negroes, all right. So, uh, first Paul, then Davis. Your thoughts on that nonsense? Yeah, I. I- I naturally turned my head at some of that. I've seen some of those clips before, and of course they're available. It's really hard for me to watch because I'm, I'm not there to do anything, you know, to right <clears throat> to to swing for them. Or I mean, you know, as I mentioned to you before in a phone call, Giuseppe, that I, you know, I, I lived a, a fairly, I don't know, pro- could call it protected if you want, just a middle class white existence. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never been sucker punched or cold cocked. I've never been jumped. You know, I've never. I never come upon any scene like that, like those scenes that you see. And I just feel so terrible. Now, of course, there's all kinds of other great scenes that you can see on World Truth Video, of, uh, like White Boy Summer. And, you know, when right, what right, when right. white boys fight, fight back, you know, part four, part three, you know, those are to me, those yeah. are enjoyable. And that just shows the what I call the natural, you know, racial uh, amity versus enmity. But, yeah, it's tough for me to watch that shit because it's just like, oh, my God, it's so sad. And uh, and some of those white guys that you see, the girls, of course, all right, I, I understand. But some of those white guys, it's like, good God, can you not throw a punch? 
can you not yeah. i mean at least at least block better but can right. you don't you just want to throw and it's like i don't know what has happened to them in their life where they just like just get smacked around and don't even fight back it's sad nah yeah. man <laughs> all i know is you got Every nigga from an Ikea furniture uh, up and that now. There ain't no nigga like that. <laughs> I didn't know who you were playing, man. Just call them niggas. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I just call them. Just call them niggas. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the brutality is on display. I've uh, mentioned this before, and it's just there's no fixing me now. Because even brutality, though, nigga, that's my culture. Ain't because, brutality. That's my culture. That's my culture. <laughs> Because even though I, I didn't experience directly all the things that you see, I have uh, like like Clockwork Orange, really, for probably the better part of at least eight to ten years now, watched so much, starting out with uh, Colin Flaherty and his his great channel, right? Uh, you know, uh, Don't Make the Black Kids Angry and, you know, the book that he wrote. I mean, I probably watched at least 30 or more of his videos by the time 2016 or 17 was done. And then, of course, after that, all the other various sites, including YouTube. And I've also actually also been watching these courtroom proceedings of these blacks accused of these crimes. And you can see the judges giving them sentences and the things that they say and the way they react. And it's like, yes, not all blacks. There are some decent, hardworking blacks. Yeah, we get it. But there is a very uh, much too large criminal underclass that in many cases is completely uh, irredeemable, unreformable. <clears throat> especially <clears throat> pardon me <clears throat> especially if they're tested. sorry about that especially if they're tested and their iq is like 70 or, or whatever 75 even 80 it's like they should be sterilized uh-oh i'm really yeah, now you throwing math out there yeah whatever all i know is this man that's what we call dispute resolution man if you don't like it then you don't engage in our culture 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 <laughs> <laughs> you excellent invitations. You understand what I'm saying now, man? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, the other day on day one of my fiction, fiction, fictional, imag fictitious imaginary administration, uh, the wearing of the pants down below the bottom of your butt cheek, okay, would be immediate subject to arrest. Okay. I saw this yesterday. And by the way, here, this was a sloppy, you know, your typical shuffling, sloppy, you know, dreadlock nigger with some Hispanic girlfriend walking in Target, and he had sweatpants on. And, of course, you know, sweatpants, they have the elastic band. Right. And he had the elastic band below his butt. So you could see his, bo yeah. he could, you could see his boxer shorts. Who does that? Who doesn't pull the elastic band up above their <laughs> hip? Boomer Paul over bone? here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, of course, they do that because it's part of the culture, 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 Paul. And so so she's she's walking normally. He's shuffling along, and they're holding hands. And... To be honest with you, they would both go into the chipper shredder, as far as I'm concerned. Well, about the pants, we can make it executive order number 001 that all of the pants be ratchet fitted tightly. All the pants right around the waist, the compressed ratchet until their hips crack like graham crackers. And then with the broken hips, we throw them on a boat right back to Africa. And we say, go deal with it. I like That it. would be the best way. And here's another thought, too, using modern technology. So we've all heard of this... Um, uh, this technology, I think it's called shot shot spotter or something like that, but it's uh, audio devices that can detect a gunshot and let the police know. And then there's, of course, there's cameras everywhere. So how about this, guys? We plant audio devices everywhere. And the minute that we hear too much of, all right, all right, you know what I mean? Know what I mean? Can you feel me? You feel me? You feel what I'm saying? 
if we hear that too many times in like a 30 second or 60 second clip, immediately the, um, the, uh, the forces are dispatched similar to that, uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Oh, minority report, minority yeah. report. Yeah. Boom. Right out there. So the minute some black dude's like, you feel me, you feel me, know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. Okay. That's it. You're done. You're in the camp. You're in the camp. Yeah, Cause like that usually that. precipitates violence. You get too much of the, yeah, yeah. Ooh, 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 and that, yeah, that usually precipitates violence. So you do, just you have, do you have your Ooga Booga, uh, chimp screaming clip handy Davis play that as we fade out. Oh, dude, it's gonna it's gonna hurt everyone's ears. I'd have to like mix it and tear some of the treble out because I don't oh, want to hurt okay. everyone's ears. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. just uh, but I'll give you this one. You fucking retard. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, <laughs> for all these for all these uh, uh these goons and boons and that she boon and everyone else, and we got all these. Uh, it's just amazing the pseudo intellectual claptrap that comes out of these dumb low IQ mouths. It's an insult. Yes. Just suffering them is like a humiliating kick in the crotch that I shouldn't Absolutely. have to accept. Take this negress seriously. I'm here to tell you about. I'm about to deconstruct some white. Yeah. You know what's amazing? Getting back and, and uh, to the the, the the thought that the, those little groids who are wearing their their uh, pants below their asses down by their hamstrings. In prison, that was meant to be an open invitation to uh, sodomize, right? Yeah, it's the prison. I, I, I need protection, so I, here it is. Uh, uh, I'm open for love business, and and for them to do that, are they that stupid? I mean, geez. Well, apparently they are. And by the way, one time years ago, and I'm not sure it was it was a mixed group, um, but there was a couple of black guys, and one of them actually was kept doing know what I'm saying, know what I'm saying, and I actually. I got just a little humorous chuckle from one of the guys, but everybody else was a little uncomfortable, but it was, it was okay. It, it passed. As I actually said to the guy, I go, well, 